0: everyone this is taylor i'm so excited to be with you guys we come out with new podcasts every single monday here on coffee and bible time and today's podcast is inspired by the amazing carlin crew if you guys don't know what that is it is a radio show it's on moody radio and i heard them talking two times this week when i was driving in the car about discipleship, but specifically the things with discipleship that get in the way of us actually making disciples. And what I mean by that is shying away because yes, it is scary, but also shying away from specific buzzwords that maybe are uncomfortable for the person we are trying to disciple. Now, I'm just going to let you in on a little bit of my life, and this year is the first year that I decided that I wanted to disciple somebody. Actually, it was my goal last year to find somebody in the summer that would be willing to be discipled. Now, I found that person, Bella, if you're listening to this, love you to death, and it is a complete learning curve. I'm just going to say that, you know. I, I don't know, I've never been discipled by somebody, and so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to try to do this myself, and let me tell you, it ain't easy because you don't really know what you're doing, and the other person is there ready to listen to you, and you almost feel like you don't have your stuff together, um, but this is when I feel like this radio show was really helping me figure out the things that I was doing wrong, or the things that i was doing that were actually hindering the spirit from doing its work in my discipleship. So basically what they talked about, oh my oh boy, i'm getting in an accent. I guess i just get into accents when i when i get excited about something. But here i am. Okay. So they were talking about specific buzzwords and before i get into those buzzwords that you know, we try to avoid when we're sharing the gospel. I wanted to share with you guys two passages in the Bible. Yes, ladies, we are starting off with scripture, okay? So this means it's going to be a good podcast. Can I get an amen? Thanks. So first passage we're going to be going off of is Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 11 through 17. And he, this is, this is what it says. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried So that was Ephesians. And then my second passage that I wanted to look off of a little when we're doing this today is Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20. This says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, ladies, those were some popping scriptures. I'm just going to say that right now. When I read those, you know, in in preparation for this podcast... I was pumped, I was encouraged, and I just wanted to start off with that because scripture is the foundation, okay? And before we get into digging into the words, that was important for me to lay the foundation because we'll be going back and looking at those when we're talking about it. But let's just get into the idea of possibly one of the stumbling blocks, of really trying to make disciples and share the love of Christ with people. And that is the media. Are we surprised? Are we surprised it's the media? When Carlin crew said that, I was like, oh my gosh, it just hit me all at once. I was like, you're so right. The media portrays Christians to be a little bit cuckoo, or a lot of bit cuckoo, depending on what you watch. Um, it kind of makes us look legalistic. It makes us look like we're living in the dark age, as Taylor Swift says. Does she say that? I don't know. But you know, Christians are not popular in today's society like they were back in the day. It's it's unfavorable to be a Christian, especially in the media. We get that all the time. And they portray the church to be like kind of scary. I Carl and crew talked about how, you know, the pastor is usually sweaty looking and pounding on the pulpit and, you know, screaming at people to repent. Um, yeah, I would say that that's not a fair picture. And I would even go as far as to say choosing to take out some of these important words that we're going to talk about is also not a fair depiction of what God's love for us is. So when we are discipling, we want to make sure that we are sharing every single command that Jesus gives. God, I mean, Jesus says that when we're teaching people, we need to teach them to observe everything that he's commanded, not just Not just God's love and Jesus' love for us, because that's what most of us want to focus on. When we're discipling someone, we really want to emphasize Jesus' love for us. And sometimes that can get caught up in never sharing them the parts that we might be afraid that they won't accept as well. Um, So diving into the first word that we might want to avoid saying is the word obey. Now the reason to me why this is an awkward thing to bring up potentially is because it implies a sort of submission. Um and as human beings we naturally want to feel in control of our lives and for somebody who is a new believer um and they've already admitted that they need a savior a valid question that they might have is, isn't it enough to just simply admit that I believe in God? Aren't I just free to live my life now? If I was a new believer, certainly I think I would believe that once I just admit that I believe in God, that he's with me and that my life is going to be good, possibly easy now. Um... And when you miss the component piece of obedience, which by the way, different variations of the word obey appears in the Bible around a hundred times, we're really missing one of the key pieces of discipleship. And you know what? I'm just going to say that I think there are ways that talking to somebody about obedience can come off wrong um, because a lot of times it can come off as harsh. Uh, It can come off as us looking arrogant, like, oh, you need to obey what God is saying, or you actually need to follow what what he says in the Bible, which makes it look like we're perfect, which is not the case, which is often a misconception um, portrayed in the media or portrayed in life that Once you become a Christian, you're perfect, or at least you act like you're perfect in that there's a sense of looking down on other people, which is not true or should not be the case. Um, But when you're trying to teach somebody about obedience, it should always be done with humility, um, never with arrogance or harshness. That honestly might also be one of the key things about discipleship is just the humility and humbling yourself to the other person and saying, Hey, look, I'm not perfect, but there are things that I've learned in my walk with Christ that I feel like will help benefit you. And one of those things is obedience. And that's um, a perfect way to segue into your own testimony. When you go through things in life as a new believer, you learn things along the way. And oftentimes a lot of us learned the importance of obedience And when you are discipling somebody, you can talk about your own testimony and how you were living in a way that wasn't obedient to God and how you learned to turn around and take up your cross daily. And I'm just going to say that that was hard for me. I think there was a time in my life that I was living in a lot of pride and I wasn't acknowledging the ways that I was dishonoring God in my life. And actually a few years ago on a missions trip, um, God really broke me. And I remember just crying and crying at the table and my sister and my friend Megan were there at the table with me and, you know, they were consoling me and telling me it was okay. And I was like, I just feel awful for the, for the pride that I had in my life, for the way that I was, um, you know calling myself a christian but really not living obediently to god and taking his word more seriously and my sister reminded me that actually mourning and crying um over your sin is is a good thing and it shows that your heart is breaking over the way you were living and and for me that was a turning point of learning that humility is
1: Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com.
0: A much more honoring and beautiful way to live your life and it's living your life in a way that Jesus wanted us to live Jesus even said if we want to be our disciple we we have to take up our cross we have to choose to die to our flesh and to call on him for help daily and and that was a breakthrough point for me and my testimony was, Learning what it meant to take up my cross and my issues with pride and, and thinking that I was so wise when really I wasn't. And I have so much to learn. I had so much to learn. And when I took up my cross that day, I honestly felt so much freedom and looking to God's word and looking to see what his statutes are and learning to live in obedience is hard, but it's also so freeing. And, and we don't want to create a relationship with God, uh, or teach someone to have a relationship with God that doesn't include the piece of obedience and creating a real and lasting relationship with God requires obedience. And so we don't want to paint an incomplete picture with somebody that we are discipling, um, that God doesn't require obedience, or that just becoming a believer is all that it is, or that all b- being a believer is is just living in the the love of God, which is so important. But we need to remember to observe all that God commands us, and Jesus tells us, like I said in the verse earlier, was it Matthew? Um, yeah, Matthew twenty eight, that when we're discipling someone, we need to teach them to observe. Everything that he has commanded us, which includes obedience and actually obedience becomes one of the most freeing pieces, I think, in our uh, relationship with God further down the line. Maybe not at first, but having that structure of, of um, God's laws and what he wants for us is actually a way to take um, a burden off our back, I think. It might not feel like that, but I learned actually at a young age that um, structure really made me thrive. And I think if all I knew in life as a young believer was to love God and admit that I'm a sinner, I would live my life in a lot of confusion and not knowing how to even live after that. And I think a lot of people are stuck in that piece if they don't um, know that obedience is a very important part in your walk. So the next... Peace. The next word um, that I think people shy away from, interestingly enough, because it is a part of the Trinity, is the Holy Spirit. Yes, if you tell a new believer, if you tell somebody who isn't a believer um, that when you believe in God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, or even more off-putting, <laughs> is to say the Holy Ghost is living inside of you you can really freak somebody out. Or you might think that you freak somebody out. But here's the problem. We cannot dumb down Christianity by not mentioning the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is literally God. It is a part of the Trinity. It is the third person. And the ironic thing is the Holy Spirit is probably the most relevant person in the Trinity in our daily walk with Christ. Um, I think that, yes, it can get tricky when you're trying to tell somebody about the Holy Spirit because it feels very mysterious and abstract. I think... It can get tricky if you don't know ways to explain it. So I've been researching, um, you know, ways that you can tell somebody about the Holy Spirit without maybe feeling like you're reaching a dead end, like they're they're not really understanding it. Um, And so something that I found was off of the crew website um, and some man named Roger Hershey, um, Hershey liked the chocolate. Uh, actually had a kind of neat analogy called chocolate milk. So this is what he says. I'm quoting the website, by the way. So Roger Hershey, one of Cruise traveling speakers, says that being indwelt by the spirit at the moment of salvation is like squeezing chocolate syrup into a glass of milk. It's in there, but settled at the bottom. You can't necessarily see a changed life. Being filled, however, is a constant walk with the spirit, stirring up the syrup until the milk is transformed and looks like chocolate. Is that not a really great analogy? I actually felt like that was a really simple and effective way of sharing what it's like to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Um, Because when Jesus died on the cross and went to heaven, um, He gave us the Holy Spirit to have inside of us as a way to walk with God or walk with Christ in in every day of our life. And when you become a new believer, you you have the Spirit. It's in there. But if you don't acknowledge, if you don't obey God's Word, if you aren't striving every single day to stir the Spirit, to pray to God, to read His Word, to be in communion and fellowship with other believers then the chocolate syrup's going to be sitting in there, but it isn't going to be transforming you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is so strong, yet if we aren't striving to live every day like Christ, or if we're not striving to live in communion with Him, then we're missing out on this, this potential that's inside of us to have a really strong um, relationship with Christ. And when we're discipling somebody, it is really important to mention the Holy Spirit because if they are a new believer, if they are truly believing in Christ, then that is inside of them. And how awesome is it for us to be able to share with them the potential that they have to grow in their relationship with Christ and um, and to see that transformation within them is going to be so awesome. So simply put, the chocolate milk analogy, I would use that if I were you guys. I'm probably going to use that too. I think it's really awesome. And so segueing into our last uh, little phrase that we possibly don't bring up a lot, um, or even if we do, we might not realize that it can, can be a little bit uh, confusing for somebody, and that is... The phrase born again, born again, um, actually, interestingly enough, isn't accepted in or not even accepted, but just isn't used in a lot of um, denominations of even people that are Christians. And um, my mom's mom, for example, my grandma, she um, she was a believer, but she uh, always often expressed her lack of understanding and confusion with the phrase born again. And with my mom living in her household as a kid, my grandma would talk about how, you know, she'd be like, oh, uh, those evangelists using the phrase born again, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It's just not right. Um, Even though she was a believer, she just didn't get it because born again, like what? Even in the Bible, I think one of the passages they said, someone was confused. They were like, um... I'm coming out of my mother's womb again. No, actually, you're not coming out of your mother's womb again. But it does feel very mystical um, and confusing. And so actually the beauty of being born again is just the fact that it's so real. Not, It's not real as in you're being born out of a womb again. But the realness is that you had a life before you before you are with Christ. And once you, you are united with Christ, you really are a new person and you're living a different life than you were before, or you should at least. And especially when you become a believer, there's no condemnation for the things that you've done in the past. And that is a trap that a lot of new believers fall into is you know they become one with Christ, but they feel so much guilt for the things that they've done in the past. And it almost takes away a lot of the beauty of becoming God's child is not not realizing or accepting the idea of being born again, but to disciple someone and to share with them, now that you have accepted Christ, you really are a new person and God looks at you um, with such love Um, because Jesus redeemed you and you are no longer the person that you were in your past. I think that it is really cool to live in a life or live in a way where you view yourself as a new person in Christ. Because when you become a believer and you live by God's word, you you are no longer tossed to and fro by the conflicting ideologies of the world, as Ephesians says um, in that passage I mentioned earlier. He says um, that you are no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And isn't that so true to think about the way that we were before becoming a believer is just honestly living in confusion. You're just tossed to and fro by the different ideas that the world throws at you because everybody claims a different way of living is the best way to live. And ultimately in the end, no one feels satisfied by the way they're living. And ultimately in the end, everybody comes to the conclusion that that we have to die and what's going to happen what's going to happen after we die and and are you living to like tossed to and fro by the different things that the world was saying you you don't feel any peace i would assume at the end of your life not knowing what's going to happen to you but when you live when you are born again into christ christ and the holy spirit gives you a peace about about it where you are going to be and how you are his child and you are going to see him again and, and be with him forever and live in his love. And there's, there's so much freedom. And just knowing that Jesus paid it all, Jesus paid it all. We belong to him in our old yoke. Uh, before we were born again, it was burdensome. It was burdensome. It was joy stealing. It was not a way to live and when you become a believer jesus takes that off of us and he puts on a new yoke the yoke of christ that is easy and our burdens are now light yes literally weights lifted off of our back when we become a believer and when we and when we take and we, we okay when we shy away from saying words that, you know, might seem like they come off crazy to some people. It's actually doing a disservice to Christ. It's us taking the Bible in our hands and saying, you know what? I know better than what Christ did in his ministry. I know better because I know that that his words aren't good enough to share with somebody. It won't be effective When the reality is, is that God's word is perfect and it is holy and it should be revered. And it is the best tool. It is the best guideline. It has the best vocabulary, the best words that we could ever try to say to somebody. But you know what? If you got anything out of this podcast, my hope would just be that you were um, encouraged by the truth that is in the Bible and just more feel more equipped to go out and say the things that you might be more afraid to share when you're sharing the love of Christ. Um, you know what? There's there's not to say that um, you know when somebody is an unbeliever, they are blinded by some things in the Bible and it might be confusing for them. But when you're discipling somebody who is already accepted Christ, these words are so effective they have the holy spirit within them and when you are when you are being god's tool and god's witness and helping lead somebody to christ that is so fulfilling and so rewarding and let's not miss out on these amazing amazing tools that the bible gives us to help be the most effective in his ministry. So thank you guys for watching. And I really appreciate your guys' feedback on these podcasts. It's amazing. Um, We come out with them every single Monday. And if you guys would do us a favor, um, we are brand new on this podcast platform. So if you could just um, rate us and subscribe to us and maybe leave a little uh, comment or feedback on the podcast, app. That would be so awesome. So thank you guys for listening
1: and we will see you next week. Bye.